welcome to the What Do I Know podcast with your boy Zuzu. This is episode 22, episode 22, episode 22, man. And we're in the new year. It should be called episode 2020, honestly. We're in the new year. I hope everybody has enjoyed their holidays, enjoy their new year. Me, um, I wasn't really doing much on the new year. I haven't done much in a long time. But uh, this time around is for a very good reason. I had a new, a new baby boy. Uh, born young Joseph the king. He's already a king. He doesn't even have to go through the prince name. Um, but man, we're happy as hell at home and, and, we, and we look forward to this new year. Like, you know, just a lot of times people that have kids know once you have kids, it's like you, you kind of like refocus and stuff like that. And, and you just, um, you have a little bit more sense of purpose, I should say. Um, but with 2020, man, I'm going in with positive vibes. I hope you are too. And 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 my my model that I want to like go into it with is to eliminate self doubt. I know probably a lot of people struggle with that, and you know we all have different levels of it. And you know where you, that little negativity creeps in your mind, and, and you have to like kind of shake it. So I'm 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 pushing forward and eliminating self doubt. Actually, I want to shout out. Russ, for that book he put out, get out. Um, it's all in your head. I think it's the title, man. That it, it's a good book. I'm like halfway through it right now, and it's definitely helping me with those, um, you know, with those motivations. But I'm curious about 2020. That's where I'm going with this one for the for for the first episode. I'm curious to see how it's gonna go. Is it gonna get? Is it gonna go back to the 2018 year where? we get a bunch of albums from everyone. And it looks that way, right? We got the top three guys probably dropping, Cole, Drake, and Kendrick, right? They're most likely dropping in 2020. But I started to think about, all right, those are the obvious ones that we're waiting for. So I started thinking, what are the ones that are, like, not really announced, but you can kind of anticipate them dropping a new album in 2020? You can kind of anticipate them making noise, especially how 2019 or how, how even how 2018 went for them. And there's three albums that I'm really curious about to see how they're going to how they're going to drop. What's the um, the angle they're going to go with. And number one on there is Migos. Migos new album. Remember, they dropped Culture One and Culture Two, two Januaries in a row. Right. Hits galore on both albums. Then. They all dropped solo albums as well in 2018. Then they, the label drops a collective compilation album two Decembers in a row, which had a lot of music, right? So we got a lot of Migos over the years. And I feel like this past 2019, they were like, all right, we need to pump the brakes. Probably have been oversaturating the market a little bit. Um, but we can all agree that they all sound better together than apart, right? So I'm curious to see how they approach this album. I think um, I think they might go in with like some motivation that like to get back to where they were, right? Like get back to the basics, so to speak. But I'm curious if they'll go with the safe sound or with a sound that sounds different, like kind of like Stir Fry, right? Stir Fry, I think Pharrell made that beat. And if you take Stir Fry... It's a different, like, beat for them, right? It's a different bot for them. So I feel like if they go that route where, like, they can make noise with a different bop, 
still give us the Migos flavor, but just take it to that next level. Like, everybody out here right now, not everybody, but most artists out here right now are kind of the Migos babies, right? Like, the baby. He has kind of a Migos flow, right? So, I think Migos need to just solidify themselves. Like, again, we run this shit out here. So, I'm curious to see how they approach it. And, you know, they have Mike Will, right? So, like, um, they have... Wait, they don't have Mike Will. What am I saying? Um... If they approach, how, do, how should I say this? If they approach the music like beats like Stir Fry and stuff like that, then I think, I think they'll really be successful. Um, the second album I want to talk about is Ray Srimmert. I'm really curious to see how they approach this, right? Because that was a debacle of a triple album that they tried to pull a couple years back, right? We thought, uh, it might be a good idea, you know, um, one album is the group album and then two solo albums, right? They went for it. It probably didn't work. I would say it didn't work, but they gave us 30 songs. So it's like, it's hard to judge. It's like, all right, you had some good ones, but for the majority, they were okay. So I'm curious to see how they go into the, like, they just got to get back to the basics. They got to, they, they have to do what they've been known to do. They're the ones that have Mike, Mike Will. If, <clears throat> if, like, I trust Mike Will. Mike Will will be able to give them hits and have them, but they just, like, got to stick to their formula. It seems like after Unforgettable, because that song ends up being French's song, you know, I feel like they're, they're chasing that hit again. They're trying to get to that level. Sway Lee drops two tracks with Drake that really fell short, even though I kind of, like, don't be late, don't be late, or won't be late. I don't, <laughs> see, I don't even know the words, but it grew on me. But I would say it was a miss, especially coming off of the Spider-Man track, right? So I think, I hope they don't force the Sway Lee thing, even though Sway Lee's great. He's been writing for everybody, but don't push him. Like he he's one of those artists that like it just comes. You know what I'm saying? It just comes out and it's and, and it's fire. Pause. But I think if you don't force the Sway Lee thing, let those let those two brothers do what they what they normally do and a hit'll come out of it. Like I, I think they can come back with a with, like with a huge hit next year. And I could I could see something for the summer. That'll be dope for them to have a hit. Um the third album I want to talk about is A Boogie's. With the hoodie. Is he getting rid of with the hoodie? Because I don't really hear people say the whole name. It should just be A Boogie. Um, I'm really curious to see how he approaches his album. I think he dropped a single or two, like maybe like Lucy's to see if they work. They didn't get the buzz that I thought. I, didn't, I, I was like iffy on him. But the features that this man has done in 2019 has to be commended. Like... He's been low on the radar, killing everybody's album with hooks and features, right? The song, uh, Look Back At It, the year before, wasn't a major smash, but it did well for him. It was on the radio. It was in the clubs. It, it's, it's one of those records that it's, it's a good starting point for your career. I'm curious to see how A Boogie can take it, because he can be on a Sway Lee level. He doesn't have as many hits, but he can be on that level when it comes to writing, and he can... He can grab a hit. And I'm, I'm really rooting for him because, one, he respects Max B. 
Two, he's from the Bronx, and I was born in the Bronx. Most of my family is in the Bronx. And three, he's just, he, he's, he's a wavy creature, <laughs> like Max B would say. So, and his features during the year, like it was St. John. Who else was it? I got it written down. Max B's feature, I'm so cold. Baby, why your blood zero below? Yo, y'all sleeping on that Max B shit. Y'all need to go check it out right now. Y'all sleeping on that. So Max B's joint, St. John's joint, right? His album. I think that, that song's called Monica Lewinsky. He's on Fab's latest project, which is the best song on that project, called Gone for the Summer. And then, can't forget, he was on Rick Ross's album. The running, running, running the streets. You know, you know which track I'm talking about. And he's been killing 2019. He has more features than that. But on the low, he's been showing improving. Uh, I'm curious to see how the team approaches this album. Um, I had here written down like Cardi's album. You know, curious to see, but like she, you know. I feel like she's going to be manufactured like kind of like her last album. It's going to be like a lot of hits given to her and then they take their time and they don't rush because any song that she drops is going to chart. Any song that she drops is going to get a lot of talk, a lot of buzz. Um, but can you get a, I, another I like it like that where it's like, you know, top 10 for a long time. Um, but those are the three albums. Migos, Ray Surimmered, and A Boogie. The top three albums that I'm really, really curious about to see how they approach it. I think, I think that sounds good. Um, all right. Getting straight to it. Um, Drake's Rap Radar interview, right? That shook up the hip-hop world online and everywhere. And it dropped on Christmas, which was fucking genius. First of all, big up to Rap Radar. They are the best at this shit, and they did a phenomenal job with that interview. Um, I took away three things from this interview, you know, and I'm glad it was two hours. It was, it was just perfect. I took away a few things from this interview, and I, before I get into those, Drake really, like, did a good job explaining everything. I think it really worked for him in you know, in winning people's hearts. So three things I took away. Let me start here. Drake was right about saying he didn't get outbarred. I'll say that again. Drake was right when he said he didn't get outbarred. Y'all got to admit it. Story of a D-Don added on. I, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. That song is not up to par for Pusha T lyrical beast you we like we we got to be 1000 percent honest right he had the the one line about revealing his son and then he had the tick 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 line that pissed a lot of people off that's about it you can't tell me a line from that song off the top of your head it's not a memorable track to me i put that on ether and Duppy Freestyle was more like a takeover, not comparing the tracks, but just saying where we are in the battle, right? He said the right things. He said the funnier things, but it wasn't outbarring Duppy Freestyle, granted. The only, other, the only thing I disagree with with Drake is that he didn't lose by choice. He lost because he didn't respond. I know that sounds similar, but what I mean is that it was weak that you didn't respond. You should be clever enough to rebut whatever he said. 
if you didn't want to get as disrespectful as you got on your diss track that was recorded, write a new one. <laughs> and don't get as disrespectful. Answer in a different way. Um, if you were going to take the L anyway, might as well go out with some dignity, give them a little freestyle, and lose anyway. If you really wanted... And then... If you would have, I'm sure if you would have spit something, like just put out like some type of this, like super ugly to Nas, all the Drake fans would have been like, yeah, yeah, he got him. Like how we were when Jay-Z came with super ugly. Super ugly was dope, but he tried to get as disrespectful as Ether. And that's where it kind of didn't work. But, but we were glad he gave it to us. He didn't just take the L. So I feel like Drake loses points on just taking the L. But... The story of Adidon wasn't a crazy diss. You know, like I, I put, I put it like this: story that the diss track from Pusha T is like Kyrie hitting the three. You remember the last shot that won the game. You remember the big shot, but you don't remember the triple double that LeBron gave you to get you there. And then, you know, the only, the the little 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 part that I can agree with on Drake. Too is like he was giving Pusha T light for his album. Like he was giving him promotion. So I can I can see him being like, damn, what am I doing? What he should have did was waited. Don't come right back with a diss track. Wait months if you want, and then write one more. But it would have gave him more light. It would have continued giving giving him more light. So I mean I, I can understand. I can understand. I'm like 50-50 with it. Um another thing I took away from this was it's Drake doing press, and I'm impressed. <laughs> um, Drake hasn't done press in a very long time. He does his little, you know, magazines here and there, but he really doesn't like it. He likes to control it, control the narrative, you know, that word that people say. Um, but I came away with it looking at it like, should he do more press? Like, I, I think he should. I think you can take these numbers, even though Drake, Drake does crazy numbers. But you can take these numbers and really project it into what you want your next endeavor to be. So people are saying that this interview was produced. Right? People are saying it was produced, where like Drake controlled most of it. I'm feel, I feel like Drake can produce more content leading into his next album. If he realizes, okay, this did 7 million views in whatever time that it did. You can take that information and say, okay, let's, let's go do our homework and produce maybe a documentary making of the next album and go sell it to Netflix. People want to see it. You can produce it and control it. If it doesn't come out the way you want to, like, you, 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 you're doing it. So, like, you're fixing it the way you want to fix it, but I feel like it works. He can package the Netflix thing. It just came into me on Netflix because Beyonce was able to own her own content, sell it to Netflix, and Netflix pays it. I feel like if Drake was to do something like that, like, a la Kevin Hart, shoot your own documentary, making of the next album, and I feel like that'll be a huge, huge content builder, and you can just sell it to whoever. You can even play it in parts. Um, you can um, you can do content for the OVO radio. So I, I wonder if this um, first showing of press leads to 
more content for OVO Radio. Like, see, like do do more interviews. Um, interview some of your um, team members. I see how Nikki stepped into that role doing, what was it called, Queen Radio, where she just comes and does her things here and there. If Drake was to give us 15 minutes of him talking on a full OVO episode, and he was talking about his favorite shows and um, what else, you know, what, he, what his favorite food is right now, his favorite albums, uh, what he's doing with the album, blah, 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 out. I feel like that will generate, like, just even more interest. What, what I saw coming off of this interview is a lot of people that hated him tweeted, like, oh, I kind of like him now. I, I feel like this really, really, really was positive for him just to be like, yo, he's human. He, um, he was here to explain himself. He wasn't letting the internet control that word again, the narrative. Um, but I'm curious to see if this press, these press numbers can like make him produce more content. I'd like to see a, a making of the album on, on a documentary, right? Show us, show us those bars you're talking about. Show us you writing. You know what I'm saying? You can cut it up however the fuck you want. I think that would be a fucking genius idea to do. Um, and now, the third thing I took away from this episode was, does Drake have a classic or not? He clearly says, yes, I have multiple classics. So, off, right off the bat, I say, no, you don't. You don't have classics. Maybe one. Take Care, right? That's what people say. Take Care is a classic album. Um, but... I was like, let me not do that because just because to me, let me run that back. When I hear classic album, I want it to be undeniable classic album. Like you could not be a fan of that person and say, yeah, he had a classic album. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like with Drake, I have to think about it a little bit. Wait, which album? What, what songs were on there again? Oh, yeah, that came out when this came out. I have to think about it a little bit with Drake. So I was like, let me not do this to him. I would normally be like, hell no, he don't have a classic album. He may be one, right? Like, like everybody always says. I went to his track, um, to all his albums. I looked at the track listing, and I just like kind of reminded myself what the fuck this guy has done. And what I feel like is all his albums are like, if you can rate it one to five, all his albums are like 4.8. It's like... You got them, but one or two skips are allowable. Three or four skips, you start questioning. But there's a lot more songs on these records, on, on these albums than back in the day. There's, you know, there's 17, there's 18. You're going to have three or four. So, like, you start to be, you know, I feel like the issue with Drake, too, is that it's always one thing or the other. Okay, he rapped too much on this one. It wasn't the big single. Then the next one, it has too many songs. Scorpion, you know, double album. Come on, man. This one, you went a little bit too commercial. You went for the wedding record. or I feel like he might have little critiques of every album. There's, there isn't that one that's like, bruh, I get you. This is what, this is a fucking classic, right? To me. So then I started to think about it further. Another issue with judging his albums is that he, he has like four or five different versions of Drake, four or five different genres on every album. I don't love every version of Drake. 
I love the rap version. I love the trap version. I love the introspective version. The R&B version, not so much. The um, Afrobeats um, version, I like more than the R&B version. But he got R&B hits that I like too. Right? I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying there's levels. So if I listen to one of his albums and he has more of the R&B stuff than the rap stuff, I'm going to automatically say that's not a classic album to me. Right? But I feel like we're all waiting for Drake to have the perfect one, the one that's balanced, the one that gives you just enough of this, just enough of that, just enough of this. It, you know, we're waiting for Drake to have his blueprint, I feel like. And every album that he drops, it's like, this is going to be the one. He, he's still number one. Views, I felt like that with. Scorpion, I felt like that with. I'm like, oh, oh he's going to. If he cut down Scorpion into 13 tracks, he could have had a class. I just, I don't think that is a classic album. Um, so they're 4.8s out, out of a five rating. That's how I view Views, Nothing Was the Same, and Scorpion. So if you're a huge Drake fan, you can probably argue with me and say, no, he does have a classic because this, this, and this, and that. And I'd probably be like, all right, I can see what you do. But I'm just not giving him that because there's three or four skips. And there's mad variables to say yes or no. And the fact that I have to think about it, I'm leaning on the no. I'll give him Take Care. I really like that album. And I'll give him, if you're reading this, it's too late. But he says it's not an album, so I ain't going to call it an album. But I'll give him that as a classic, too. That shit is fucking dope. That's, those are the three things that, that I took away from this, from, uh, from this interview. Should he do more press? Does he have classics or not? And Story of a D-Don... Was not it. <laughs> it wasn't. That tick, tick, tick line on that reminds me of um, Nas saying, Jay-Z, you got big lips. You look like a camel, however the line went. That's what it reminds me. It's like a joke. It's like, it's like I don't know. And then when Drake kind of used the excuse, like, oh, you shouldn't talk about my man like that. It's fucking battling, nigga. Like, oh, I'm trying to try, try not say that word for 2020. But it, it's, it's, it's battling. Like, this is a battle. Like, take it as what it's for and go come back. Like, that's the only thing I didn't respect. But it wasn't that dope. Not on the level of Pusha T, in my opinion. But what do I know? Obviously, nothing. Um, there's, there's two things that I wanted more questions about was Wayne and was Nikki. They always say, oh, you know, Wayne's work ethic and stuff like that. I wanted to question, like, what, um, do you guys have any new music coming out? What's going on with Wayne? Um, were you by his side when all this stuff was happening? Like, I, I, I think there was room for some of those. There might have been, and they might have been cut out. You never know. And then, obviously, the problem with him and Nikki. He did talk about Nikki a little bit, where he said um, she was... She was disappointed in him using the line, is that a girl toy, the world toy? Um, or is that a world toy, it's your girl's toy, which is a fucking fire line. But I guess she was upset about that. But we saw them in the studio after that, when, they, when she dropped that song after Sheether or whenever her other album was coming out. So we saw them in the studio, so there's something else happened. He might have went to apologize and it didn't work out. I don't know. But I wanted more questions about that. He probably cut that out, too, if they asked. Um, but it made me start thinking about Wayne, right? There's a lot of shit going on. Like, they say he got arrested or his jet 
got searched. And I always find a way to sneak Lil Wayne in every in every episode. Not every episode, but a lot because Lil Wayne is like I stand for him. And I just started thinking like, where's the music, man? Like, you got out of this deal. You were, I don't want to say complaining about the deal, but you were handcuffed is a good word I, I, right there. Like, you were handcuffed with dropping music. You had to put it through YouTube. You had to make it freestyles. You had to get free beats so you don't have to pay anybody. You had to go through loopholes like crazy. Now that you got out of the deal, like, you would think Lil Wayne would just be unloading the clip. Lil Wayne's Lil Wayne. Right? Just make money off it. It might not be the biggest hit, but after the success of uh, the one with Swiss Beats, what the fuck, um, what the fuck, folk? Then then don't don't one two three four five it go yeah that song. Um, after the success of that, you'd be like, yo, Swiss, can you send me another one? Like I need another one. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't see the 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 play here. And then they it was rumored when he went on tour with Blink One Eight Two that he's dropping an album called Funeral that supposedly it's an older album and he's um, just re-releasing it. Maybe he realized, nah, it ain't good enough and he ne- he's recording new shit. I don't know. I just think that he should be dropping more music. I'm this close to putting him on the list of I don't care anymore. Just give us when you give us something and we'll take it. Like, I'm this close to uh, leaning toward, I don't want to let it go. Like, I'm always looking for new Wayne. I'm always looking for new verses. For you guys, is Wayne already on that, like, we don't care what the hell he gives us list for you? Let me know under this video. It, for you, is Wayne already on the shelf where you don't care what he drops? Or are you still eager to listen to his new shit? Because he's out of the deal. He should be giving us more music, right? You, you would think... But I mean, what do I know? I don't, I don't know anything. Um, what else? I have an idea. Every episode, I have an idea. J. Cole supposedly is retiring. That's the rumors in the industry. Even though I'm not in the industry, just listening to the Joe Budden podcast, reading tweets, listening to other people, it sounds like, and listening to Cole himself, it sounds like. He wants to kind of hang it up, maybe take a break, whatever, right? So he puts out a campaign. He's dropping an album in 2020. He's using the whole, um, what's the word? Um, Democrat, Republican, political. That's the word I'm looking for. Political uh, angle with the, with the marketing, which is fire, right? And he's smart because he put it out early so, like, nobody else does it. Because <laughs> then they'll be like, yo, I was supposed to do that. I spent money on that. He put it out real early at the Dreamville Fest or wherever. That way, whatever album comes out next year, if they're going that route, they can't. Hmm, that just dawned on me. What if Kendrick was going that route? Because you can think Kendrick wants to be, you know, he might be political on his next album if he wants to be. That just dawned on me right now. What if he had a campaign? I don't want to start anything. I don't know anything. It just made me think, why would Cole promote that so early? Hmm. Anyway, so he's he's approaching this album for 2020, and it's supposed to be his last one. So I thought, why doesn't an artist do a remix album? And what I mean by that is, 
it's basically a deluxe. But J. Cole, the reason why I say J. Cole is he's the perfect person to do this idea. Let's say in April, he drops an album by himself, no features, you know, whatever, produced by whoever, but no features, it's just J. Cole. Everybody loves it. It's his last album. He's saying whatever he's saying on the album, right? Then in November, that same album drops, deluxe version, but on your favorite song, same track listing, all of a sudden you got a verse from Jay-Z on that song. The next song has a verse from Scarface. The next one has Kendrick and Drake. The next one where you give us your album, what you want to say, and then you just kind of like remix the classics in a way as a deluxe, give it more sales, give it more plays, give it more accolades, and just do like a remix album and then bow out like that. Because you're giving us the solo album, the way you want to do it, and then you're giving us what we've been asking you for in terms of, uh, you know, getting this feature, getting this feature. It would be a perfect way to bow out for J. Cole. The remix album. Solo album in April, in November, deluxe, with verses from the greats. Maybe this beat got... Re nah, I don't, I don't want to change the songs too much because if we fall in love with the songs and you change it, it'll be fucked up. But if you just add verses to certain places, make them long versions, whatever the fuck you want to do. I think that'd be funny. That'd <laughs> be funny. I think that'd be fire, I should say. Yes. Yes. And he'll start getting paid for these damn ideas is what needs to happen. Yo, honestly, this is why I started the podcast. I think like this all the time. These are thoughts that come to me all the time. And I always want to like talk to regular people about it and they'll look at me like why are you thinking about how to put a marketing plan for j cole so i'm like yo i need to tell someone so i'm telling you guys okay I'm telling you guys thank you guys for listening too um two two couple more things i want to talk about cam's album came out after the last episode and it was all right it was solid I, i'm not even gonna hold you it was it was too many people are saying it's Cam being Cam, and that's the best way to explain it. It's Cam being Cam. It's kind of like the program too, rather than Purple Haze too. I think it didn't. It didn't go to like it's a solid album. You, you get a couple songs, yeah. You get the nostalgia from Losing Weight Three. You get a lot more storytelling, but the hooks and the, you know and the beats are kind of lazy. Let's let's just be real. Um, I really. Wish he would have got some bigger producers to help him out. And maybe have Jim Executive produce the damn thing. The ones with Max B are fire, though. But I, what I was looking for with Cam was, like, a stamp on his legacy. Like, that's, that's what I wanted. You know, where, like, you kind of just solidify. His legacy is already solidified. But you just kind of put that stamp on it, like, all right, this might be my last one. You know, go out with a bang, do a nice tour next year. This year, I should say. And... Just like, kind of like what Melo's doing now. Like, they were counting him out. He comes back. He's dropping mad points. And people are, you know, he's kind of like going out on a good note. That's what I wanted for Cam. Purple Haze 2 didn't satisfy that for me, but it's solid. Solid is the best way to do it. Um, another thing I want to talk about is Flick It Up. Flick It Up. Flick It Up. Hang, ding, 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 Flick It Up. Um, that's um, Reason's new song with Absol, which is fire. So, a real good idea that he did, a, a real dope move, was he went on 
Instagram, and he gave a challenge out for people to give verses to the beat and have a chance to win, um, you know, a spot on a, on a remix, right? So he picked. He ended up picking up two people. One of the dudes, I think his name is like Ja the Great, is fucking nasty. Funny story when he when he announced the contest. One of my boys told me about it, and I was like, oh, really? I'm like, I should write something, right? <laughs> that day, I got maybe like four bars, right? And then I go online to go listen to the beat again, and I see how many people already finished their shit, shot a video for that shit, uh, remixed it. I'm like, wow. Like, yo, the, the way technology has helped, the, like, it's, it's just crazy. Has, he has helped hip-hop is nuts. Um but I was like, yeah, let me spend some more time writing this verse. By the time I finished the verse I wrote, there was like a million, and they were all kicking my ass anyways. I was just like, all right, that was fun. Um, but it was a real dope idea because it gives you a chance to get on the remix, gives you a chance to get heard. Like, I already went and, and you know, checked out other music by those artists that won. And Ja the Great, he's fire. I can't remember the other name right now. Um, but the remix comes out, Boss on the last verse. Woo! Boss keeps impressing me. Boss is just killing shit. He really, really, really impresses me, man. Um, but it's a real dope idea. I want more artists to do this and like give people a chance, maybe to open up, maybe to um, you know get on the song. The Soul Brooklyn one was dope because everybody dropped verses, but I don't think anybody won anything. I think it was you know oh who got the best verse, but did anybody win anything on the Soul Brooklyn? I don't know. Comment, comment under this video and let me know if anybody won anything so I can give him props too. Um, but more artists should start doing this and more artists should like get creative. Like imagine getting on a song with Drake. Like that would be crazy. They should do That's how Drake should find somebody actually. That would be a fucking good idea. You get somebody to kill one of your records then everybody starts looking into them and then you sign them. Mm. Aha! Like Maul says <laughs> from the Joe Budden podcast. Um... That's all I really got for this episode. Um, but before I go, I always want to leave you guys with advice. Upcoming artists, I need you to listen up real quick because I'm always just trying to drop jewels. You can take it, you can leave it, however you want to do. Lately, I've been giving a lot of tips about shows, like about performing, because that's where like you really learn the most. Um, that's where people really need the most work, I feel like, if you're just starting because it's nerve-wracking to be up there. And there's one thing that I wanted to add on uh, to the show aspect is to rehearse your transitions. I always tell artists, like, going from song to song is just as important as performing the song. Setting it up for the person to drop, like, those first 10 seconds of a song you know, makes or breaks if somebody's going to start listening or not. And there's a lot of, you know, when you start out, you don't know what to say. You're focused on your words and your lyrics and not forgetting that. And then the song ends and you're like, oh, shit, what am I supposed to say? And you kind of look down and say, well, the next track is uh, my new single. And you just go into it. Um, focus on the transitions. Rehearse your transitions. Come up with clever ways. Talk to the crowd. Talk to the bartender. Um, ask the crowd a question where they have to answer you back. Uh, start a chant. Um, you know who's really good at transitioning is, is my man John Hope. Like, I've seen him perform over the years, and he's really good at going from song to song and keeping you in interested. If you're an upcoming artist, go check out one of his shows he puts on. But, like, 
just want to reiterate the transitions are just as important just as important as the song sometimes you don't need a transition like if your beat knocks you might want to just end the song let the people clap and just drop the next song and get them right into it as long as you have a nice little pre-hook to get the crowd into it you could keep the momentum going if you see something that works like sometimes no transition is best and let's try to come up with another way to introduce the girl record <laughs> us rappers where the ladies at this was for you you know what i'm saying like that was the, always the the go-to if you don't know what to say um i don't have any ideas right now but i'm just saying let's just start as a community as a rapper community let's start thinking of a new way to introduce the girl record all right <laughs> where the ladies at um that's really it for this episode i just want to tell you guys to eliminate self-doubt try your hardest to just think positive and get those negative thoughts out your brain i know i'll be doing the same i'll check you on the next one episode 23 episode 23 episode 23 it's the what do i know podcast with your boy zuzu i'm out Thank you.